A lot of great things coming to Rock Hill. It really was the people of Rock Hill. How many things does Rock Hill have going on? And you get to be a part of that. Now it's like, wow, I want to be there. I want to live there. I want to go there. It is extraordinary. The changes that have happened and what I really believe is just the next really great city in South Carolina. Hello and welcome into Rock Hill City Cast, where we aim to keep you informed on all things going on inside the city of Rock Hill, recording upstairs in our City Hall studio. And with us today, we have Corinne Sforeza and Jennifer McAdams. I'm Matthew Cray, uh, host of the podcast. And and we have two guests here to talk about uh, affordable housing, among other things. But before we get into that, uh, Corinne and Jennifer, first off, welcome. Thank you. We have a first-time podcast guest in Jennifer and a second time in Corinne. What, what? Welcome back. Thanks. You are on the short list of two-time guests. I love it. Um, Do but, I get a jacket soon? Uh, we will work on it. We'll have it made. We'll You can put whatever you want printed on it. Uh, I'll check with the budgeting and see if we can get Thank that done. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so probably not. Uh, <laughs> so before we get started, if you would each take a turn, just tell a little bit about yourself, maybe where you came from, and how you ended up here at the city of Rock Hill. So... Jennifer McAdams. I'm the Director of Economic and Urban Development for the city. I actually ended up in Rock Hill when I made the the choice to go to Winthrop University. So I'm a proud two-time Winthrop alum. Matthew's sporting his Winthrop basketball hoodie. I'm not a two-time alum, so you beat me there, but (laughs) Winthrop alum nonetheless. Um, And really, I, I fell in love with Rock Hill. I got a job with the city right out of college as an intern and have had the opportunity to grow with the organization and um, I really am living my dream job now. This was um, one of the first jobs I had. I started in economic development in 2005 um, and and had the opportunity a couple of years ago to take over for Steven Turner and, um, and run the department. Have the shoes been as big to fill as they said they would be? Bigger than I ever could have imagined. <laughs> Very good. Now, Corinne, what about you? I'm Corinne Sparazza, the Community Development Manager in the Economic and Urban Development Department, so I am directly under Jennifer. Um, I started as an intern here as well in 2011, so I've been here for a while. Um, we I, shared an office. We shared an office. Oh, wow. How we started, yeah. I've been Did you have bunk beds in there? Oh, We might as well have. <laughs> I had a sliver of a window, so... Um, and, you know, I just fell in love with all things Rock Hill, all things we do, kind of took the trail to numerous different departments and ended up here, which I enjoy. <laughs> awesome. Well, very cool. Well, before we get started, uh, when we have one guest, we usually put them on the hot seat, ask them a bunch of quick questions. I had to mix it up for two guests because it's really hard to bounce back and forth from person to person. So I have two thinkers questions. Okay. All right. So if you're at a Mexican restaurant and they bring out chips as they do and they give you the best salsa in the world the best guac in the world and the best queso in the world they then bring you a spoon in a trash can so with one of those you have to dip the chip one of them you eat by the spoonful and the other one you have to toss out what are you tossing what are you eating with the chip and what are you eating by the spoonful so while you think my answer would be a big queso guy and i don't i'm not a guac guy so the guac's going out and I don't think I could drink salsa. So I'm drinking the queso, I'm dipping in the salsa, and I'm tossing the guac. I love guac, so I would eat the guac. Okay. Dip the queso, toss the, the salsa. salsa. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to eat the queso, toss the salsa, 
and dip the, dip the guac. guac. Yeah. All acceptable <laughs> answers for me as long as queso stays on the table. Yes, that's People not going No lost. cheese has been wasted in this scenario. All right, now when Corinne walked into the office before we started, I was watching a video of uh, uh, Robert, Robert Irwin, Irwin, Steve's yes, son, yes. because one of my second question is. If Steve Irwin, the late great Steve Irwin, had you in a headlock and was explaining to people things about your life, like you were an animal, what are some of the things he would say? So he'd have me in a headlock. Oi, look over there. It's Matthew. He doesn't drink coffee. <laughs> my, my impression got gradually worse as we went on, as you yeah. can tell. I got the oi. But after that, not great. Um, so what, what are things he would say about your life? So the, oh, I mean, the first thing that came to my head is he would be like, oi, this is Corinne. She's a scrappy little one. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) That's exactly what I'm looking for. Because you are. (laughs) So scrappy. That's it. Scrappy little one from New York uh, can bust out a cuss word if needed. But but not on the podcast. (laughs) No, no, only if needed. If needed. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. This is a really hard one. This is, oh, hey, this is Jennifer. <laughs> she, you know better. She, I know. <laughs> what would it be, Corinne? Thinking. She is, <laughs> you're never going to guess her next move. <laughs> that is Unpredictable. That's, yes. But it's just, That's like, literally. Like, yes. I like your impression better than mine. Anyways, before we laugh any harder, we're going to go ahead and get started. Uh, we're here to talk about um, the RHEDC and the HDCRH. Uh, for those of you who are listening carefully, that is the uh, Rock Hill Economic Development Corporation and the Housing and Development Corporation of Rock Hill, correct? Housing Development Corporation of Rock Hill, yeah. Yeah, that's a mouthful. Um, so... Uh, affordable housing. Why is it important? Let's lay the groundwork and then we'll get into some of the more details. Well, first I'll say we're kind of in the midst of an internal transition um, because I think we're starting to refer to it more as attainable housing. Attainable housing. Attainable housing. Um, And that's new. We've got affordable written on everything and and both are important. But the reason I think um, changing some of the vernacular around this is, frankly, there's some stigma associated around the word affordable housing. And really, no matter what we call it, we're talking about the same thing, which is ensuring our community has adequate resources to house everyone at a level where they are able to also comfortably live their house, live their lives. I mean, housing is for all, right? So whether it's, it needs to be attainable for everyone to be able to live in a house and have a roof over their head. Now, I I can't imagine, but I will guess that this is an issue that uh, sparks the livelihood of lots of people in the community. And you hear lots of feedback about uh, what to do and what people want you to do. How do you balance that with, you know, creating a plan and seeing it through? I think one of the things uh, we work hard to do is is staying true to our t- true north, right? So I think um, exactly as you said, there are so many issues surrounding housing and its attainability that it's very easy to, to hear the negative voices. Mm-hmm. And so we work really hard to make sure we drown those out with the fact that from a policy perspective at the city alongside these great nonprofit organizations that that really is one of our core values as people, as organizations, certainly amongst the staff on our team. I think that it's just something that 
we believe in, um, and we do believe that we are doing the best we can with what we have. Now, I'm sure that, you know, 10, 20 years ago, attainable housing in Rock Hill, sure, go over there. You can you can get a piece of land in Rock Hill. You can buy a house. And then over the next 10 to 20 years, Rock Hill roughly doubled in size. And, you know, it's become a very vibrant place to live. How does the impact of growth uh, affect what you guys do? And is, is growth the challenge itself? Has that created all of this uh, push and pull? Growth is one piece of the challenge, okay. um, and but that's the thing, right? So we're living um, in a market mm-hmm. where we're seeing unprecedented increases in supplies. We're seeing supply chain issues. We're seeing labor shortage issues. And each of those things I just named ultimately has a price tag associated with, right? Mm-hmm. So time is, is money. So every day you have to wait because of some delay or because you don't have the laborers there that's adding to the cost of an issue that already existed because of the growth. And so it, it is so multifaceted, which is why I'm proud of the many multifaceted ways we've tried to approach, approach addressing the issue. There's not one way that we got here, so there won't be one way that we address it. All right, so this is a big question and we can narrow into it, but how do the RHEDC and the HDCRH work together. And everything we do, do okay. we work together. Yeah, I mean, you can't have economic development without housing development. You can't have more money coming in the community without places for people to live. All right, and uh, when people think RHEDC or economic and urban development, they think, uh, you know, new business in the business park or $400 million worth of investment or XYZ new structures coming up. Uh, where does housing fit in and has that always been a big focus of EUD? So it certainly wasn't a direct focus until the reorg that happened when I moved into this role in 2020. Um, but I would say that even when I was in HNS, Stephen Turner and I worked regularly together to address these things because one of the, the issues we're seeing, and it's really more consistent over the last year than I think it's ever been before when we have these major prospects coming, right? So the multi-million dollar investments, the 400 plus jobs, one of their top determining criteria, it's two things, workforce and housing. Mm. Because they understand to be successful, they're going to have to have access to a talent pool within the community and they want them to be able to live where they're going to be working. And so they don't maybe on the outside seem related, but they are so directly connected. Um, when we're trying to attract these businesses, they understand they need to have places for their workers. Now, I assume you want, if, if you could, you would want workforce and housing going the same speed. Um, are they right now? They're not. Uh, you know, but I think, again, there's so many factors related to that. Okay. I think um, even within the Clinton Connection Action Plan, within the work of Cameron in our department, we're working really hard to better improve the tools our community has mm-hmm. to enter the workforce successfully, right? So um, that's one of the things and why we're sort of transitioning to attainable housing. The goal is that families don't have to have subsidized affordable housing the goal is that we've got the tools and resources in the community to build their skills and to provide long-term opportunity 
to grow out of needing that low income, to be able to buy a house, to be able to afford to live at a market unit at the exchange. And so again, that's where they all intersect. So when you guys, this was going to be my next question, you might have just answered it. When you guys sit down and you write, here's our plan, here are our goals. Is that the goal, what you just said? Yeah. Yes. Uh, awesome. So let's go through, uh, that's the goal in mind. What What is being done about it? What are some things that the RHEDC and the Housing Development Corporation are working on and doing to provide either people with assets or people with attainable housing options? Sure. We have, as HCC, we have a first-time homebuyer class that we do. So we teach people, you know, how do we improve our credit? How do we get to the point of being able to afford a home? What does it take to get to that point? So we give them the skills and tools for that. So that's that's an education piece? An education piece of what HCC does. So if, if I come to you and I'm, you said it was a class? Yeah. Well, what are some things we might talk about? Uh, your credit score. Okay. Right, what is your your credit score? How do we- I need we, good credit, right? I need yes, to build that credit, credit up. Yeah, so okay. how do we make that a better credit score? How do you understand you know, what you can afford what are interest rates? What does that mean when I get a mortgage and there's a high interest rate? What does that look like? Mm-hmm. So we talk about things like that. So I come into the class. I learn those things. If I can buy a house, cool. The information's laid out in front of me. Let's say, like I'm in my shoes right now. I don't have enough money to buy a house right now. Well, what what else? What other options are there? I mean, I, I think that's <laughs> one of... Again, for me, that's one of the great things about that program. And that's actually a metric we've transitioned over the last few years. The way we used to measure, measure success in that program was the number of people that came and how many bought a house. But mm-hmm. the reality is there's so much knowledge you gain in the meantime. Sometimes going through that class and knowing you're not ready to buy a house yeah. is just <laughs> as big a success. And then we do. We've got housing counselors on staff that continue to work with individuals as much as they want to be worked with. So um, if you've got someone that needs to increase their savings or increase their credit score, we are able to either provide tools ourselves or make referrals through various agencies across the community. Um, We started partnering with the United Way and their newly piloted financial stability network, which I'm really excited about because that really is a community-wide collaborative effort to tie exactly all of these pieces together so that um, someone that, that just needs that hand up, right, to figure out what they need and have someone help them navigate the system of resources are able to do that. Yeah, so you, you mentioned United Way. Tell me a little bit more about how they got involved and what their role is in the process. Yeah, I actually would say it's probably the other way around. We got involved okay. with them. Yeah. Um, the United Way, about probably four or five years ago, uh, transitioned to what they call a collective impact model, where rather than funding individual agencies, and I should probably caveat, I'm a board member of the United Way. So okay. when I say they, it might be a little bit we. Um, but collective impact is ensuring that we as a community have adopted a collective vision and goal and then their funding and programmatic decisions are based in achieving that goal so their goal is to increase the financial stability of 3,000 families by 2030 and so setting up all of these networks and connections and then funding the agencies again across the community that are doing this type of work so United Way, you guys obviously partnering together, and they have, uh, you guys are working something called the, you said the Housing Stability Program, 
what what is that and how are you guys working together on that one so that was funding that the united way association of south carolina received and they passed it through to the their local united ways so united way of york county received this funding and they saw how we as the city as hdc as Catawba Area Coalition for the Homeless, which is cash, um, administered funding in the area. And they said, can you administer this housing stability funding? And what it was was funding to assist nonprofits in helping people find housing. And this funding was very much for those administrative pieces of it, which are for staff. And that's funding that never happens. Um, typically, it's program funding. So they said, we understand that, you know, you as an organization need staff people to actually help people find rental units, help them with eviction processes, how not to become, you know, how not to get to the eviction process, right? How to access some yeah. of the available assistance programs that yeah. are not always easy to navigate. So Cash was able to take that money and award it to, I think it was about 18 nonprofits in uh, York County to do these housing stability programs. And what is a housing stability program? A case manager. So it really, you fund a case manager's salary to help people in the community find housing. Legal services to help with eviction processes. So a community member in need of housing goes to the case manager? Mm -hmm. Is that how that works? And yeah. then what happens? And then they find the resources, they help. So I'll talk Housing uh, okay. Development Corporation in specific, because we did receive funding from this, is we have two case managers on staff. And every time they would help a community member with rent assistance, that would be considered a housing stability program. Okay. Um, so you have education. And then what, I don't know what this piece fall under, uh, providing people with tools and resources. Yeah, and um, homeless prevention. So we have the Housing Stability Program, but there's also an affordable housing project at the Catawba Terrace neighborhood? Yes. So Tell that's me about that. The Osceola development. Yes. So that is 30 affordable rental units that we will be building, constructing. Um, that is with, it's called Small Rental Development Program. It is a grant fund that came from the SC Housing. And we are taking an area in the Catawba Terrace neighborhood on Osceola Avenue. And currently it's all woods. We're going in, we're developing the whole area and we're building townhouses, um, stacked flat duplexes, as well as single family homes and they will be affordable rentals. Now, do you guys have to, along with that and along with affordable or attainable, excuse me, I'm gonna work <laughs> on it. Attainable housing have to go through whether it's zoning or providing incentives to these different pieces to make sure that, you know, oh, this house can be used for attainable housing. A little bit. So HDC uh, is kind of uniquely poised in that um, in this project, as the example, we're the developer. So yes, we had to go before the planning commission. We've had to hire engineers. All of our plans and specifications have to comply with the zoning code. When it comes to private development, the general answer is no. The asterisk to that, though, is as it relates to the city's affordable housing policy that was adopted uh, two or three years ago. Um, because the goal of that is really to leverage the private development that's happening in the market rate space to integrate some level of workforce and attainable housing in those projects. So the exchange is our first example of the implementation of that policy. And really at a high level, what that policy says is if the city is 
a participant in the development in some way, shape, or form. So if we've got a development agreement, if we're selling the land, if we are incentivizing the project, and it includes residential units, then a certain percentage of those residential units have to meet some attainable rent standards. And we're using HUD's fair market rent mm -hmm. to, to determine what those standards are. And, and that's a downtown project. And I know there's been a lot that's gone up vertically in the downtown area, a lot of which with the exchange. And do, does that work with the student apartment apartments as well? It does not apply to student housing, okay. no. It will apply to the Herald, those units the Herald. as they're being developed. Well, anyways, several sites, lots of apartments. Um, how do you guys decide or who decides for you where you look to put these attainable housing projects? That is the actual developer of the properties when they're looking at their unit right they say we're gonna have some on this floor this floor they have to be spread about they can't be on one floor specific they have to be spread about the development and they have to be comparable to all the other units there so, so is it help me understand here that the development itself is for attainable housing or that certain units on the development are for attainable housing? certain units in the development yeah and, and how is that something they have to do, that they choose to do? So it's, it's something per policy that they have to do as part of their development agreement okay. is what triggered that. So the exchange, you know, they've got 200 units and in accordance with that development agreement, 10, 10 had to be the attainable units. So in the development agreement, th these are things you guys hash out with exactly. them. It's yes. not some, yeah. like there's some overarching rule they have to do it because that's is the development agreement. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Okay. Uh, with with attainable housing, let's let's get a, a picture for where did we start, where we are now, and then where we're trying to get to. So walk me through where where we started with this whole process. And you touched on it a little bit, you know, with the reorganization, it became a focus. But you know, where where were things then? Question. That is a lofty <laughs> question. Sorry, I came with the hard hitters today. Yeah, yeah. you did. Um, you know, I I. I think if you look historically, and I'll just speak to sort of for the time that Corinne and I have been involved with HDC, okay. maybe, that, that which yeah. does predate the, the reorg, but um, in, in the early years of the HDC, the primary focus was the development of affordable for sale housing. And so all of the programs and incentives were really built around that. And please know that that is still very much an important priority and component of this. Mm -hmm. But I think over the years, what's evolved is sort of a better staff level understanding of the housing continuum of care and understanding that every person is somewhere on this continuum, right? So not everybody is ready to buy a house and that's okay. And that doesn't mean that it's not important for our organization, for our community to have access to resources that mm -hmm. provide for those. Um, not everybody wants to own a home. And sure. again, that's okay. So I think our programs have really been retooled um, for, for two reasons. One is to really address sort of that understanding of what the housing continuum looks like. But secondly, uh, the funding atmosphere has mm -hmm. changed. State housing's programs have also really geared themselves towards the development of affordable rental housing. Mm -hmm. um, and so, gosh, 10 years ago, HCC had no rental properties. We've got 30, 30 mm -hmm. right now, and we are in the process of building 30 more. Wow. So I think just a, a recognition and an ability to evolve as 
um, the market and the funding resources change. Yeah. And so that's a little bit about you know where we started and where we are now. And then what if you in a perfect world, where are we going? In a perfect world, <laughs> there's, my, there's yeah. so many. Go ahead. We Karen. have so many scenarios. Um, in a perfect world, we have all the affordable housing we need and the attainable right. housing. In a perfect world, though, for HDC and for economic development is we do have that attainable housing for our workforce in Rock Hill. That you live here, you work here, you eat here, you know, you do you everything. You play here. You, yeah. I mean, all the things at Rock Hill, you, you can access you can, yes. everything we've worked so hard to build. Everything that we work on, exactly, you can enjoy for yourself because you're here too. Um, you don't have to live anywhere else but work here. You can stay here. So what resources does the city and do you guys offer to people who are not at a place where they can buy a house and maybe need some help with their rent. Well, what are some of those resources? So we have rent assistance, so we can provide up to three months rent for um, individuals that are having some issues paying their rent if they have an eviction notice. We also have our affordable rentals. We also have a program where we can provide um, um, security deposit and first month's rent. So if you're having some issues, we know that when you first get into a new unit that the costs of that are very high, right? You usually need a good security deposit and first month's rent to get in, which could be a couple thousand dollars. We can pay for that as well. Is there a way for people to know, and we do, this kind of goes back to the exchange question, which places and which units fall under attainable housing? Does that make sense? Yeah, in an ideal world, there would be. And yeah. that's something, again, back to our perfect world we've yeah, talked yeah, yeah. about. Yeah. Uh, the problem is it's this constantly moving target, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, most complexes that have um, prior tax credit funding, for example, they typically stay full. So okay. um, it would almost require a full-time staff person to always be able to monitor that. We do maintain a list mm -hmm. of where those units are um, so that people can can call I, so I wish there was a better way if someone were trying to like find attainable housing the uh, the idea would be that they end up calling you to to see if something's available what's available and where that would be yeah in an ideal and, world and the great thing is i think we've got a lot of great partner agencies mm -hmm. so for example pathways has access to that list and so we've worked really hard over the last several years to really build and maintain relationships with other agencies in this space um, so that they're as educated and empowered about not just our programs but community-wide what programs there are so you partner with united way you partner with pathways are there we any partner other? with anyone that yeah are there any other everyone? partnerships <laughs> Uh, well, Catawba Area Coalition for the Homeless, big partner with them. Um, Family Promise is another big partner. Lifehouse, Bethel Shelters, mm. The Haven. Okay. Uh, yeah, I could just name all uh, of Those them. are just some of many. <laughs> I'm sure there the are a many, lot. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about one more thing before we get out of here, but on the attainable housing front, anything more that I missed, anything big that you want to add? You know, I, I think the only thing... I want to make sure we communicate yes. is that first of all we know we're not perfect and and we know we operate within an imperfect system but as both the municipality and the two heads of the nonprofits under here we truly are committed to understanding and addressing the needs of the community in those arenas and so if there's constructive feedback and suggestions that would help us do that we we really do want to keep moving forward. 
Gotcha. Um, the, the last thing is uh, the exchange. You know, that was a project that went up in downtown, and it's, it's a very nice-looking place. As you guys said, there's some attainable units in there. How does a place that... Uh, or maybe every unit is not under attainable housing uh, help develop Rock Hill to the point where it might provide attainable housing for others? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. And um, I was having a similar conversation with, with someone earlier in the week because the reality is like a, a market is an ecosystem, right? And so when we talk about all the things that we as a community want to attract, whether it be restaurants, retail, these good paying jobs, one of the top things that they're going to be looking for is rooftops. Mm -hmm. And so it's very chicken and egg, right? I, the, the example I was using is all of the incredible announcements we're seeing at University Center and at the Powerhouse, right? We've got this new um, epic chop house coming and the, the dining hall has been fully leased out. That doesn't happen without projects like the exchange and the herald being announced they have to know that they've got a customer base and so um, it it is as all of those things start to develop and evolve that gives us the opportunity but also the increased need to ensure that we've got the attainable housing within these areas and what is the flip side of that i mean if there were no exchange there and it were the old good motor side or whatever the the proper name is that maybe I'm, I'm missing, you know, what is the difference between there being that and there being the exchange? I mean, I think we can look at downtown Rock Hill five years ago and answer that question, mm -hmm. right? So um, it's less restaurants, it's less vibrancy, um, it's less interest uh, from the industrial and commercial market in this community. Because again, quality of life is a key issue for every employer. They if they want to maintain a quality workforce, they have to have a good environment for them to be living and working in. So with the answer to someone who looks at the apartment and says, I can't afford those, why is this here in Rock Hill? You know, we need more attainable housing. Well, this will improve your quality of life? Yes. Is that, is that and it helps us bring more, better jobs mm -hmm. to hopefully... Um, get more folks to the point that they can't afford that housing. Um, it also, again, revitalizes what I don't think anyone could question was an eyesore in our community. Mm -hmm. So it's not as though um, we knocked down uh, booming yeah the, the library, library. <laughs> yeah exactly and put apartments up there it was taking um an underutilized um challenged piece of property and putting it back to productive use and so at the end of the day it may not feel like it but it really does benefit all of us as a community well jennifer corinne did we cover it all I think so, for now. Yeah. <laughs> Corinne's going to need to come back at least two more yeah, times. Yeah, okay. two more times. I need um, the hat that goes along with the jacket. Okay. okay. We'll talk to the budget committee and see what they can do. Well, guys, uh, I appreciate you coming on here to talk about attainable, not affordable housing, attainable housing. Um, and thanks for taking time out of your day to join us on CityCast. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for listening to the Rock Hill CityCast. Episodes are available each week to stream on SoundCloud, Google, and Apple Podcasts. To keep up with City of Rock Hill information, follow us on social media.